Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you invest a few minutes of your time and we will save you a lot of time on your learning curve. In other words, we're cutting your learning curve. You're getting a huge return on your investment by saving time. I'm sitting with Dan Lipkus of Lipkus Enterprises. He's a farmer in China, Illinois. That's Northern Illinois. And uh, we've been having uh, a little discussion before we went live here. We're talking about tillage. You know, Dan, I was a wannabe agronomist. I uh, was the ninth best soil judger in the country mm -hmm. in FFA mm -hmm. in 1987. I was all about the soil. And I knew even back in 1987 that tillage wasn't always your friend, man. Uh, uh, you overtill, you put stuff out there in the, in the fall, and all this tillage and your soil washes away. Um, and here I am at your farm, and I look over and I see a bunch of this big, expensive, heavy tillage equipment. And I'm like, Dan, what's the deal? I thought you were a progressive farmer. We can't be doing all this tillage. But you do. And you said, it's situational. It's field to field. It's year to year. It's objective to objective. Give me your thoughts on tillage. Well, it's... Yeah, it's different every year. It's it's like you just said. I mean, weather has a lot to do with it. Maybe uh, uh, compaction issues before, but it's really for me. It's more about farm to farm, and and what I mean by that is the soil types on the farm. So we have some of our higher, sandier, rockier farms that are predominantly no-till, and they're usually pretty much no-tilled every year unless there's some odd oddity. You don't, want, you don't even want to touch them. No, I mean, all you got to do is bring up more Turn rocks, up and yeah. you're just going to spend all your time picking up rocks, which I spend plenty anyway on some of our some of our farms. So uh, those are predominantly no-till. Now, then again, then we have some other farms that sometimes I no-till, sometimes I till. It's got a lot to do with the crop before, has a lot to do with the weather. Uh, and and just maybe what we've applied to it. And I kind of make that call on the run on a lot of those. I mean, it, it's not always even planned. You know, it. I'll change, I, I got quite a quote that I've been using lately is I plan on changing my mind or I'm planning on planning to change my mind because I do all the time. And we do that as far as what we have to do with that field also. You know, a field that you've put tile in that you want to keep no-till, well, you got to till it once to, to level all that out. There's different instances. We've got what we kind of call more of a bottom kind of field that just stays wet. Uh, that we get like to get fairly black. Otherwise, you wait on it a long time for it to dry out. So what you're saying, Dan, is there's uh, that that application. And by the way, I grew up farming the rocks. We farmed the stuff that nobody else wanted. So that meant we farmed the rocks and the ridges and uh, stuff like that. And yeah, 
you go out there and till and till, and then Damien's job all spring is pick up rocks. Mm -hmm. So, so it's mm -hmm. better to stay off that altogether. Yeah, yeah. Those, it tears the hell out of your equipment. Well, that's right. It's really hard on equipment. So yeah, we definitely would stay off of those. Yeah. Okay. The uh, other issue is the black stuff, and you said it lays low and it lays a little moist. So you're trying to get that, which of course, if you're tilling it, you run the risk of compaction because it lays wet. But you said there's the other thing. If you can get it turned up, you want it to get turned up so it catches the solar and dries out and gets warm. Well, basically, yeah, if we can get lots of times, if you have a lot of residue on top of black soil and it's completely covering it, like if we're, you know, most of our corn is what I'd call fairly high yield corn. Well, with high yield corn, you have a lot of fodder. Right. You know, 300 bushel corn puts it on it. It's usually a big plant with a lot of leaves and a lot of stalk. Yeah. So we sometimes we have the the soil so cut off that no air can get down to it. So in heavy soils, we about have to till that. Otherwise, it won't ever dry out on us in the spring. You know, we gotta we have to do that. And, and like I said, the reason we do it specifically is is just I look for the maximum amount of yield potential for that particular field in that year. If I think it, it is, uh, you know, to till it, that's what we'll probably do. Now, I, I also, I got to back up a little bit. The no-till, you know, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to back up. The no-till's profitability stays the best in the no-till scenario. Okay, so wait a minute. We're talking about money now. And, and we're going to call you, you're in everything, to till yeah. or not to till is what we're talk, calling this episode, but you're a no-tiller, you're a reduced tiller, you're a once-in-a-while tiller, you're a, damn it, I didn't think that it needed Deep till, it. Uh, yeah. You're a deep tiller too? Yeah. All yeah. right. So you're starting to talk about profitability, meaning if you don't have to till, that makes you the most money. It does. I mean, actually, no-till's great. Less less equipment, less labor, diesel. Uh, you know, diesel. I mean, it's it's great when it works. But if you've got a field that you will take a 30, 40 bushel re yield reduction because you're not going to get a great stand, yeah. you know, uh, the crop's not going to get off to a great start because it can't get out of the ground because it's too wet. Yeah, so well, in those like, scenarios... 40 bushels is $5 corn, $200. $200. You can, you can do tillage, you can do two passes of tillage for a hell of a lot less than $200. Well, that's right. And that's why we have some of this tillage equipment sitting around. I mean, if you figure a couple hundred acres, it's got to have that and, and it will, you know, your, your ROI is a couple hundred bucks uh, better. You'll pay for that piece of equipment and you can pay for it to sit there. Okay. So you, you do it farm to farm, you do it season to season, you do it crop to crop. Tell me an example here in the 2021 season, maybe where you were going to till something and then didn't or because it, it turned out you changed your mind, changed your practice or somewhere you were, you had no intention of tillage, but then you had to for another reason. Well, I, I can tell you how, I guess how things changed a little bit. So last fall, yeah. we were nice and dry after picking, which is rare yeah. up here. So um, to till or not to till is a little easier when it's nice and dry, but it's also gets you thinking about a no-till works better in a dry situation. Well, there's in-between, you know, there's strip-till. Mm -hmm. So I had not done any real strip-tilling. I mean, we played with just a little bit, but nothing that, you know, like a whole field. So I actually ran a strip-till rig in some cover crops. So it's kind of an in-between. I, I planted rye right behind the combine, got a rye crop established, went in and strip-tilled in it. So I had a tilled 
row where the you where right, the, right behind beans you plant right, right behind corn. that was we've done both but that was right behind beans is what i'm talking okay, about you yanked your beans off uh october yeah. let's say first october sure. yeah okay okay there you yeah. go and then you you put rye right behind it yeah the, the drills actually following the combine yep. usually i mean it's that close yep. usually we can get the rye up we can get it a couple inches tall then we had a nice dry fall so i changed my mind i wasn't going to do this i decided to go in there and try some strip till in that because it was nice and dry, worked good, and we planted into it this spring, worked good, really liked that setup. You did the strip till in the fall. In the fall. So that rye is a few inches tall, and you're talking, you did that in... Um, oh, geez, in November, probably. Second, third week in November. Yeah, when I actually did that strip tillage. Okay, so tell me about that. Second, third week in November, you go in, and you're just strip, strip tilling in what? Four inches, six inches? Oh, actually, well, you got a shank, but it's working about an eight or ten inch wide uh, band with the discs that, that are doing and, it and also. That's every... 30 inches. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're essentially telling where the corn plant is going to go. Yeah, because with RTK, RTK is our guidance, and that means sub-inch. It's very accurate. It's sub-inch. So basically, when you drive from year to year, you've got a line, and you are going to be in the exact same spot every year. So you can hook on to a piece of tillage equipment, like a, a strip till rig that's till it's just like a planter unit yep. and you can drive in the same path so when you drive that path in the fall you lay your rows out when you drive it in the spring you're driving you're going down that same line got it so you had no intention of doing that but again the season presented itself as such that it was not only advantageous you said this was going to actually give me so give me the result now in that corn here we are uh at, you know at the midpoint of the growing season toward the end of the growing season late summer midsummer what's that look like well it looks really good and what what we did there was so we just uh, uh that field that particular field would have normally probably killed the cover crop and then uh more than likely took a soil finisher and and uh stirred it up some opened up the soil now this year being as we had that strip till in there we did not have to run another pass on that we just planted right into that strip till and it worked good for us okay so you think the money was made yeah. And you can yeah. tell that right now, even though you haven't harvested the crop, you're like, that bit of tillage that we decided to do, which we were not going to do, it made us money. I think it was the right move at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I do now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you've got uh, one of your extreme ag um, founder, uh, co-founders, uh, Lee Lubers up in South Dakota, 17,000 acres. He made the decision to go completely no-till. He keeps a Two pieces of tillage equipment around for the couple hundred acres that they might need to touch just because it had some sort of crazy problem. But in other than that, he says, I'm all no-till. Uh, you're telling me, yeah, we're a little more than that because we have to. Is anybody wrong? Oh, no. It, it's whatever fits your situation. Uh, I do custom uh, combining for a guy that's all no-till. His fields fit it, though, you know, and, he, and his crops are good. So it, it's, no, it, it's whatever works for you and for your field you have. What about the, uh, the you talked about, you know, depending on what you got to do, what about the time when you say, all right, we got a compaction problem. You do deep tillage. Oh, uh, we do. I mean, there's, uh, there's certain farms that um, are a little more prone to compaction. They're a little wetter. Uh, lots of times in the fall, we actually are. If you get a three, four inch rain in the fall here in, in you know northern Illinois, it's it's not gonna dry out 
completely. So you're going to combine and you're going to compact it. There's a theory that if you deep till at 14 inches, then all you did was create a compaction layer at 16 inches. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, I mean, there is, there's a layer, there's something to that. But, you know, what I, what I worry about the most is, is the root zone to where you really got your biggest root mass, which is in that first 12 to 14 inches. And then hopefully you haven't damaged the soil much deeper than that and it can penetrate. Now that is the one thing about introducing cover crops, uh, even if it's not every year, you've created pathways possibly up to, you know, three feet deep, two feet deep. Yeah, uh, erosion. You're clearly a progressive guy. You want to protect your farms. You've bought some stuff that's not even shiny. You own some ground that uh, you've really doctored up and worked to make it better. Um, it would, I would guess, break your heart if you said, boy, I spent 20 years trying to improve this below average farm ground I bought. Only now I went and pissed that away by erosion. So I assume that you would do all you can to avoid any erosion issue. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, for one thing, obviously, anything that we feel has an erosion hazard, if you want to call it that, uh, pretty much gets a cover crop every year. Mm -hmm. uh, that works pretty darn well. I mean, we pretty much stop it with that. And obviously, so we cover crop then that means you're, you're not tilling, but you might be tilling come spring. Uh, possibly. Yes. Yes. But, but you have a lot of crop matter or plant matter that you're tilling in, which helps stop erosion. Sure. Uh, we talked about compaction. Uh, cover crops help with that, but uh, staying off the ground helps with that. Then there's the tillage issue. A disc. Does a disc have any place on a modern farm in your 2021? Well, there's different styles of discs. I mean, like, uh, we, you noticed we had an old disc down there that I actually just make black dirt with. We sell some black dirt. That the old style disc uh, is pretty hard on compaction. Now we have what the you old call. style disc should only be used mm -hmm. if it's for some special mm -hmm. thing like you're you're bringing you, in a, a, a peat bog and you're going to sell it to you're going to sell it to people yeah. for landscaping. Okay, now, I got now, it. No, but I like the disc. Discing's fun. You really turn some stuff over. I mean, it's it's fun to watch yeah, a disc. It's, yeah, it's, I, I've done a lot of it back <laughs> yeah. in my day. But yeah, I think it takes weeds cool. down nice. But anyway, we do have what I call a high speed disc that is more of a in line, and we actually use that destroying some of these cover crops. Okay, and, and that that that's a different you know it's a different disc than what you're talking about. Uh, in the old days, we used to use a moldboard plow, and old farmers loved it. You know that's what broke the prairie. Uh, John Deere and and, uh, and his, his moldboard plow, uh, and we liked it because then you look out and say, hey, all that crap. It's underground now. Mm -hmm. Your co-founder of Extreme Ag, Kelly Garrett, tells me that uh, those things that we used to do just 30 years ago, 40 years ago with the moldboard plow actually isn't great for the ground because we might be decomposing that by flipping it over like the old moldboard plow thing and decomposing it too quickly and not getting the nutrients out of it. Does tillage help with the de the decomposition without also making it go too quickly? Because I uh, never even thought about that. All right. Well, there's, uh, okay, weather environment has a lot to do with decomposition and biology that you have in your ground. That's why I, I'm a big look at the ground yep, guy. Yep. So just tillage naturally will decompose generally faster because you've chewed it up. You've made it in contact with yep, the soil. The right. soil biology that is already there will get a hold of it and the bugs will start eating it right so that you know you can do that with tillage there's other ways to do it though if you have a lot of good biology in your soil which no-till promotes that mm -hmm. uh in time that's usually not a one or two or three year fix right. in time 
with a lot of biology, you let the biology and the cover crops decompose all that material. So there's different, it depends on what way you want to go after it. They both work, but it just depends on what, what fits your situation. Moldboard plow is bad. That's bad. Disc. No, most discs are bad, yeah. Except for it's kind of fun, like you yeah, said, to yeah. see the stuff go like this. High-speed discs are all right. Uh-huh. Field cultivators, like we used to use, do-alls, rolling baskets. You've got some of this sort of modern mm -hmm. versions of that. Um, are we going to get away from it? Are we going to get to where we never have to use cultivation? Oh, I, I doubt that. Um, you know, there's. it's like we've talked about. Some things are set that work well with uh, no-till, and some, some don't. One of our other... Uh, founders of Matt Miles down in Arkansas. No-till's not going to work in his situation. I mean, he's ridge-till. He has to rid physically ridge the dirt up, flood the water down in between the ridges. You know, no-till's never going to work there. There's right. just areas that's never going to work. Right, right. It's situational. It's, it's uh, geographical. It's yes. climatological. It's a lot of things. What are people doing wrong when they till? Um, I would say if... If you are, I've seen guys at what they would call deep tilling, but they're not really going very deep, so they're not even ripping out the compaction they have, and they're just kind of making a mess. So if you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to rip uh, out the compaction and do uh, it deep, uh, don't go five and a half uh, inches. Yeah, yeah sure took care of that. Yeah, you still got a nine-inch layer that's that's stopping you. Okay, so. so there's number one. If you think you're going to go deep, by God, go deep. Mm. Okay, what else? Well, if if you're if you're going to no-till. Stay off it when it's wet. Yeah. I mean, uh, my custom guy that... that number, uh, number one way to prevent the compaction Stay off of it. I, I, I'm always real conscious about when we do his no-till. You know, I'll go on some of my ground when it's wetter because I know I'm going to tell it. Uh -huh. and that, but I save his for when it's a little drier. Just Primo, premium conditions. Well, think ahead a little bit. Okay. Uh, anything else that you see people getting wrong that uh, when it comes to tillage? I got one. Go ahead. They just love to do it because oh. they, think they, got, they think they need something to do, so they, they do it for their... Well, you want to tell them, go watch a movie yeah. or just go, yeah. go drive around yeah. on your four-wheeler. Yeah. But for God's sakes, yeah. why are you out there doing it? Well, we're farmers, and I, I'm guilty of it. I like to farm. I like the smell of dirt. Yeah. I just Yeah, it's just something about turning dirt over and smelling it and looking at it. Yeah. Is it always the right thing to do? Not necessarily, so but... Ride your four-wheeler mm. and take a shovel and just <laughs> shovel, <laughs> shovel over. over. Yeah. Do all that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the equipment you have, and we're going to talk about the return on investment, because one thing that you pointed out to me when we were prepping for this was you said, you know, that equipment's expensive, and I don't use it all the time, but you've got an example, and then we'll go and look at the equipment. Give me the example that you used on a specific, you said field to field. Sometimes you do have to have yeah. this thing. It's kind of like, you know, uh, we all own a tool that we don't use nearly that much, but by golly, when you need it, you need it. So give me an example about that. Well, this particular year um, and, and this season, we, uh, it's right here at, at this home place. We uh, have a 100-acre field that had, had uh, cover crop on it. And I decided to green manure it. I didn't kill it with any chemicals. We, uh, we decided to till it in. And the reason for doing that is to add all that green manure, add organic matter. And that's how we have increased organic matter. Fantastic. So, so this high-speed disc, per se, uh, we had to hit it twice to get a good seed bed because of all the matter uh, or uh, all the stuff that we're putting in the ground. That's one particular uh, instance that we use that particular piece of equipment for that application. But I can see 
the difference in the crop and, and the soil just by doing that. There'd be somebody that would say, yeah, but you could accomplish the same thing. You got a big old spray coop out there, or a sprayer rig. Why don't you go out there and spray it and let it just melt down? Uh, would that accomplish the same thing? Well, we've done that, and, and it somewhat accomplishes the same thing, but not, not completely. Because if you think about it, when you spray it and kill it, it wilts, right? And what was a two-foot-tall plant now is just an inch or two of matter on the ground. Right. When I till it under, I am tilling in matter or you know yeah. what's going to turn into a humus. lot of humus right. and which is turning into organic matter so i believe that if you're going to put if you can put that kind of amount into the soil uh -huh. that's when you can start changing things you can justify the turn and also gives you it sort of bumps up your whole organic matter uh increase uh, goal that you got and it keeps that soil from washing too with all that matter in there all right you ready to go and look at some tillage equipment sure let's do it all right till uh, we'll be moving on look at some tillage equipment right now all right, here we are now, Dan. We're in one of your storage facilities, and we're in front of a high-speed drill disc, as you called it, uh, to till or not to till. You made a very good point when we were sitting in your shop. There's situations, there's fields, there's uh, weather, there's uh, desired outcome. There's a lot of factors that go into it. You certainly don't till every acre you have. How many of the acres that you farm do you till? Do you till one-third of them? I, I think it's probably... Uh... It's probably a fairly even split between a third no-till, a third what I'd call minimum till, and this would fit in that category, and then a third that's kind of like deep till, more more fashion, conventional, conventional so a yeah. Third, a third of your acres may be conventionally tilling, and then a third minimal at, at, at most, and then a third not tilled at all. And it, like I said, changes based on fields, change on conditions, et cetera, et cetera. You own a few pieces of tillage equipment. You own uh, three principal pieces of tillage equipment. We're standing in front of one of them. Let's go with the three you have. Okay, so, you know, one of them is just a, a deep ripper, old-fashioned deep ripper. It's a case IH-875 deep, deep ripper. That big, is... Big old, big, old, yeah. big old V, a bunch of... Uh, well, it's got a disc and it, to cut stalks and big big shanks, shanks right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what you call heavy tillage, and that's what this monster tractor pulls here. Okay. So, I mean, that takes power, horsepower. You know, that thing burns almost 30 gallons per hour, and you're not getting a lot done because it's only 14 feet wide. Uh -huh. So, you know, you got to really want to do it and think it needs it to, to do that. But some fields seem to do the best when we do that with it. Uh, the next thing would be, you know, for that field in the spring, then it would get the soil finisher, which is a field cultivator type uh, unit. It's a great plain soil finisher. So, soil finisher is what uh, in the old days when we were young we called a field cultivator but this also has some baskets on the back of it and yeah. it's giving you you can go in there and you're planting right behind that. Yeah it's got straight discs up front that just slice stalks. It's got the shovels and then it's got a drag behind it and we actually pull a rolling basket to get, to get a very nice seed bed. Uh -huh. Yeah so that's behind the you know the rippers in the fall that would be the spring pass with it so it's two passes and then you plant. And then we got this guy here. Uh, this is a $100,000 piece of equipment. You told me you don't use it much. I'm thinking ROI, return on investment. How do you have a $100,000 piece of equipment that you're only gonna use on, you know, a fifth of your property or whatever it might be? Well, that's, 
it's it's a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment, but I bought it used. It's only a couple years old, hadn't done much, so I was really happy with it. You know, I paid thirty-five thousand for it. So there you go. You're you got a third of the money in it. I always look for deals like that. Because yeah, if you're going to use something sparingly, uh, let's not overpay and let's not buy brand new. Is that that, that's right. Yeah. And this particular piece of equipment uh, is what I would call a high-speed disc or high-speed vertical disc. This is what we use to chew up. Uh, that green rye that I talked about that was 18 inches, two foot tall. Took two passes, but we chewed it all up, got it in the soil. That's our way of adding organic matter, and I planted right directly into that. Then. Now, first off, with two passes, you're going over that a lot, and we talked about compaction mm -hmm. because that's one of the issues. You know, when we were kids, moldboard, plow, disc, disc, field yeah. cultivate, plant, spray, cultivate, cultivate. Yeah. Yeah. You, went, you went over that ground nine times before yeah. you even ran the combine through there. Right. You say we avoid compaction for a couple of reasons. One, this is a different type of a blade, and two, the amount of organic matter there helps. So kind of explain me through that. Well, like you say, the biggest thing that, like you just mentioned, with the organic matter or the uh, all the rye out there, it's actually kind of holding you up because you got all that root mass. So as the tractor rolls across, you know, you're being held up by all that. Now this type of uh, tillage unit really more cuts and lifts rather than the old style disc that had more of a concave design. They seemed like they actually forced down and they, they compacted the soil underneath. This is designed to cut and lift. So, uh, and, and it will bury residue fairly good. It's moving a lot of soil. And we're running it with a track tractor that hopefully we're spreading out our compaction over those tracks also. Okay, so the main three things you're talking about, you said the deep V ripper and uh, ripper, and that's, 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 that's serious. That's, yeah. that's like- uh, that's, Serious tillage. It's like, like shutting down the road and tearing out the bridge and starting uh, again. That's right. All right, and then you got this one, and you got a soil finisher you're planting right behind. Is that enough? Well, for what I do currently, it's enough. But I also, you know, we're kind of leaving out what, what I tried last year was uh, a strip-till rig. And that was actually a demo, so I was just able to use it on a couple hundred acres. Uh, I would not mind owning one of those for the certain instances that it would be the best fit for that field for that year. Just since you demoed it, let's talk about ROI because to till or not to till, sometimes it makes a lot of sense. You got really good results from doing it. That piece of equipment, can it pay for itself in a few years? I think most all these pieces of equipment, number one, you don't necessarily have to buy them new, right? If you got a lot of acres, buy them new. You know, the ROI is going to be there. But I try to, I think I can pay for these pieces of equipment on one or two farms in a couple years, as long as it was the right decision for that year. Maybe I got another 20 bushel of the acre because I made the right decision. I got a better stand, I got a more even stand. Yeah. Well, in today's market, that'll pay for a piece of equipment really fast. Yeah, maybe it pays for it in the first year and then you it's, get the piece of equipment for free for the next might. several years. It might. Anything else we need to know about tillage now that we're in the barn here looking at it, mm. talking about it, talking about the different mm. stuff you use and the different results you've had? Well, I guess I would say, you know, we're talking about tilling, but if I had my choice, I would no-till everything. You know, it's, so, it's way easier, yeah. you know, but in my farms, in my system, that's not always the best for that field or the best ROI what I feel I can get yeah, out of you're that. You're not doing it because you're married to an ideology. You're doing mm. it because you truly believe, okay, there's time and the place that this has to happen. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's field specific 
and year specific. Anything else that the viewer and listener needs to know when it comes to till or not to till? They're asking themselves that hard question. Should I till or should I not till? You say. Well, one thing I would say, tilling when it's wet is never awesome. Yeah. You know, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb about it if you're going to till. <laughs> try to try to try to hit it at least when the conditions are conducive to do so. Right. His name is Dan Lipkus, my name is Damian Mason. This is Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve podcast. We asked the question, to till or not to till? And you got a lot of answers. The truth is, you got a lot of sort of kind of answers because every situation is different. We're here to help you cut your learning curve and make more money, make more yield, and be here for the long haul. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to Cutting the Curve. Could your farming operation benefit from better drainage, lower costs, and increased yields? Advanced drainage systems can help. From drainage solutions to irrigation and water recycling, at ADS, their reason is water.